Sunshine Week is a, a yearly week dedicated to the, the principles of openness in government, uh, where we have uh, a number of groups come together and have panels and, and letters and really um, discuss the importance that openness plays in our democracy. And what importance does it play? So uh, the idea behind democracy is that government belongs to the people, and th that works through uh, watching the media, reading, paying attention to what's happening in the government, and ultimately through elections. And if we don't have information about what the government's actually doing, then what's the election really about, after all? Where is it not working? Where do we not have transparency and accountability in this government? Uh, so transparency is sort of a, a, a long-term goal, and it's a constant fight. It's a, there's a tension between people that have power and everyone else. Um, so in the United States, we're very lucky to have a strong media and a Freedom of Information Act that gives us information to documents and information. But there's certainly still all kinds of secrecy about what the government does uh, and about how power is wielded, whether that's influencing Congress, whether it's money in politics, or the, just the workings of the federal bureaucracy. Hello, and welcome to the C-SPAN in the Classroom podcast. I'm Zach, and I'm joined by my colleagues Craig and Pam. Today kicks off Sunshine Week. No, not the first day of spring, and we're still a week away from that, and from the beautiful cherry blossoms that are going to line the Potomac River here in town. But Sunshine Week, which is designed to promote governmental transparency and accountability. This week encourages educators, elected officials, news organizations, journalists, really everybody, to participate in activities that reflect concepts related to the freedom of information. Activities to highlight this week extend through March 19th. And in the opening clip, we heard from Sunlight Foundation Executive Director John Wunderlich talk about present-day transparency and accountability in our government. This week also marks the birthday of one of our founding fathers, James Madison. Born on March 16, 1751, Madison attended the Constitutional Convention, was instrumental in drafting the U.S. Constitution and the Bill of Rights, and went on to become the fourth president of the United States. But you may be asking yourself, why talk about James Madison when this episode is clearly about Sunshine Week and the Freedom of Information Act? Well, according to the American Presidency Project, quote, Madison eloquently expressed the guarantees in the Bill of Rights, in particular in the freedoms of religion, speech, and of the press protected by the First Amendment. He understood the value of information in a democratic society, as well as the importance of its free and open dissemination. He believed that through the interaction of the government and its citizens, facilitated by a free press and open access to information, the government could be most responsive to the people it serves. So, long story short, in recognition of Madison's contributions, Congress designated his birthday in 1986 as Freedom of Information Day and requested President Ronald Reagan issue a proclamation. President Reagan's Proclamation 5447 reads, quote, I call upon the people of the United States and all federal, state, and local government officials to observe this week with appropriate programs and activities. In this episode, we will explore some of the many resources that C-SPAN Classroom has to teach about the concepts and documents associated with government transparency and accountability and with the freedoms found in the U.S. Constitution. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 
Six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for joining us today as we discuss Sunshine Week and the Freedom of Information Act, or FOIA. Before we get into that and the significance of a free press to our democracy, we'll start by looking through a historical lens to understand how the ideas of freedom and transparency in government were among many of the issues that were being discussed during the Constitutional Convention and how they are now enshrined in the United States Constitution. Key to this was James Madison and his role in drafting the founding document as well as the Bill of Rights, which were later uh, ratified. Let's listen to former Senate historian Don Ritchie talk about the ratification of the Constitution and the drafting of the Bill of Rights. Our Constitution, the ink wasn't even wet yet in the first Congress. And there are a lot of people saying, why are we tampering with it? Why are we changing? We have other things to do. But James Madison, who was the principal author of the original Constitution and had defended it uh, to get it ratified by the state of Virginia, where there was a lot of very strong opposition to it, realized that the biggest uh, reason that people opposed it was the lack of a Bill of Rights. And he pledged, while he was campaigning, to in- introduce a Bill of Rights. And he told his mem- the other members of the House of Representatives where he was serving that they had to do this. And so uh, Madison introduced a series of 39 amendments to the Constitution that would protect specific rights. Congress, the Senate, and the House together then... Uh, ratified 12 of these. They sort of bunched a bunch of them together and they sent 12 of them out to the states. By 1791, 10 of them, which their articles 3 through 12, had been approved by the states and became what we know as the Bill of Rights. Don Ritchie does a great job of succinctly explaining Madison's role in advocating for a Bill of Rights and its significance. And as we consider our freedoms that are presented in the First Amendment religion, speech, press, assembly, and the right to petition the government, the one that reflects the topic of transparency in the government and disseminating information to the public this week is freedom of the press. This has played a significant role in our country's history, and one example of this is the landmark Supreme Court case New York Times versus the United States, also known as the Pentagon Papers case, in which the court considered the issue of prior restraint to protect national security. That decision expanded freedom of the press and limited the government's power to interrupt that freedom. At the time, President Nixon used his executive authority to prevent the Times from publishing top secret documents pertaining to the United States' involvement in the Vietnam War. In a 6-3 decision, the court ruled that the president's attempt to prevent the publication was a violation of First Amendment protections for press freedom. Let's listen to a clip that highlights a portion of Justice Hugo Black's concurrence. Paramount among the responsibilities of a free press is the duty to prevent any part of the government from deceiving the people and sending them off to distant lands to die of foreign fevers and foreign shot and shell. In my view, far from deserving condemnation for their courageous reporting, 
The New York Times and The Washington Post and other newspapers should be commended for serving the purpose that the founding fathers saw so clearly. So there's our First Amendment absolutist. What do, do you think about this decision, what he's written? I weep with pleasure uh, <laughs> Sorry, at listening at to Justice Black's uh, language. Uh, it was his last opinion on the court. Uh, it was an opinion he was justifiably very proud of. Uh, and, and it is one of the uh, uh, enduring uh, remains of uh, New York Times versus United States. Justice Attorney Floyd Abrams, who was co-counsel for the New York Times in this case just mentioned, the legacy of this case endures, and we have a lesson teachers can use with their students. We'll post it on our website along with all of our other resources in this episode. And we should remember that this freedom sets us apart from other countries in the world where a free press is not necessarily recognized. Uh, To that end, we can recall the assassination of Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi as an example of this. In a Washington Post article from October 2018, Khashoggi described himself as living in, quote, self-imposed exile, having left Saudi Arabia under what he said was fear of arrest. And in the years prior uh, to this, his columns appearing in the Washington Post and elsewhere had incensed the ruling Saudi monarchy. So let's listen to the reaction of Democratic Representative Elliot Engel from New York as he comments on his murder. And there's nothing that shines a light on corruption and impunity better than a free press. There is nothing that reveals the plight of oppressed and marginalized populations better than a free press. A free press possesses the greatest tool to drive progress and change and help advance those values. And that tool is the truth. That's why journalists can be such Journal, journalism can be such dangerous work. When journalists seek and tell the truth, they become the targets of those who reject these values. In far too many places around the world, journalists are harassed, detained, jailed, and killed for doing their jobs. So protecting journalists, advancing a free and open press all over the world, needs to be a priority. After listening to this clip, students could research current events around the globe and evaluate how they are being covered in different media outlets, comparing free press versus state-run media, as well as how articles and related stories are shared on social media platforms. Related to the constitutional freedoms that you described, Pam, next we'll hear from Ted Brightus, news editor for the Associated Press, providing some background information on what the Freedom of Information Act is, what it does, and its impact on our country. It says here the Freedom of Information Act, uh, FOIA, is a law that gives you the right to access information from the federal government. It is often described as the law that keeps citizens in the know about their government. Take us deeper into that. When did it start? Why did it start? How has it been working in these many years? Uh, 1966 was when it was passed. It has been amended several times to uh, clean it up. Uh, try to bring it into the electronic age, uh, encompass things like email and text messages. Um, this is, uh, you know, one of the fundamental tenets of uh, democracy in the U.S. when it comes to uh, transparent government and holding government accountability, uh, holding government accountable. Uh, it is the, the closest equivalent to a citizen subpoena. Uh, you can demand that the government turn over records uh, related to its activities, 
Um, uh, and there are only about nine different categories of uh, exemptions, exceptions to the law. For example, you can't ask for something that may be classified uh, or something that may have national security implications. As Mr. Brightus stated, FOIA was passed in 1966 and is intended to keep citizens informed and hold the government accountable, similar in fashion to what he describes as a citizen subpoena. However, as he alludes to, the access to information is limited by nine exemptions. According to the United States Department of Justice, these exemptions include information that is classified to protect national security, information that is prohibited from disclosure by another federal law, trade secrets or other information that is confidential or privileged, information that would invade another individual's personal privacy, and geological information on wells, among others. Indeed, the access to information is also influenced by the medium of communication, storage, and dissemination, especially as we continue through the global age and all that new technologies offer. Two fantastic teaching opportunities exist here for you and your students. First, your students could become experts in one of the nine exemptions to FOIA. They could find an example of the exemption overruling a FOIA request for information and present their findings to their peers, using primary source C-SPAN footage, of course. Or, students could find a current event article of the use of FOIA that's been influenced by the technologies of the digital age. While politicians and voters alike regularly champion governmental transparency and accountability, as you mentioned, Pam, and as Mr. Brightest discussed, some concerns do exist with wide open access to information. In this next clip, we'll hear how President Lyndon B. Johnson was, quote, dragged kicking and screaming into signing the Freedom of Information Act. Lyndon Johnson had to be in the words of his press secretary, Bill Moyers, dragged kicking and screaming into signing the bill because the bill said any person, not just a citizen, by request could get out of their government any records the government held as long as they weren't damaging to national security or to a law enforcement investigation or to personal privacy, basically. LBJ was really reluctant because Every one of his federal agencies thought this was a nightmare. <laughs> you mean people are going to be rummaging through our files? No, we can't do that. But Bill Moyers helped the newspaper editors especially to marshal their arguments about how we really are in favor of open government. Um, one of the fascinating things we found was that um, Bill Moyers had actually written a, a really nice signing statement for President Johnson where Moyers has this ringing language, this legislation springs from our most essential principles. Democracy works best when the people know what their government's doing. They must have access to the policies and rules. Government officials shouldn't be able to pull curtains of secrecy. Good government functions best in the full light of day. What's great about this is that we now know from LBJ's own daily schedule that on the telephone, Johnson called Moyers and said, cut that out. <laughs> Come on. And Moyers has to X through this ringing declaration about freedom of information, and he puts in there, and we have the final version. <laughs> final version just says, yes, this legislation springs from one of our most essential principles. Democracy works best, this is LBJ's language, when the people have all the information that the security of the nation permits them to have. This clip featured Thomas Blanton of the National Security Archive at George Washington University.
He summarized why some members of the executive branch of government thought FOIA was a, quote, nightmare and discussed President Johnson's revision to his statement in which he did not parse any words by stating, quote, a democracy works best when the people have all the information that the security of the nation permits. In reflecting on this dilemma of transparency and national security, students could springboard from this clip by acting as investigative journalists. They could pick an issue of concern to them, conduct research, and determine what information they could request using FOIA and whether or not this information would most likely be provided to them. So in addition to the press and the Freedom of Information Act, as we talk about shining a light on access to information, a timely example of government transparency during this Sunshine Week is President Biden's recent Supreme Court nominee, Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson. We took a look in C-SPAN's video library and discovered a clip of Senator Patrick Leahy of Vermont talking about this same topic during a confirmation hearing of then-Supreme Court nominee Neil Gorsuch. So let's take a listen. As we note during Sunshine Week, our Constitution provides for freedom of the press because a democracy cannot survive without it. The press serves a critical check on our government, shines a light on corruption, exploitation, and excess. My parents owned a weekly newspaper before they started their printing business. I was brought up to believe in the importance of the First Amendment. So Sunshine's Week's emphasis on transparency won't just be this week, it should continue into the hearings next week. The Supreme Court is one of the least transparent parts of our government. And these hearings are one of the only opportunities for the American people to get a glimpse into the institution that protects their most essential rights. So C-SPAN's mission has always been to provide the public with access not only to the live gavel-to-gavel proceedings of the U.S. House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate, but to other forums where public policy is being discussed, debated and decided, all without our editing, commentary or analysis and with a balanced presentation of viewpoints so that viewers can make up their own minds. Under that umbrella are the various committee hearings that we cover, and the public can see the confirmation process unfold between the senators and the nominee. So stay tuned to C-SPAN for coverage of Judge Brown-Jackson's confirmation hearings coming up. Uh, C-SPAN is also conducting a public opinion survey on American attitudes toward the Supreme Court that will be released in time for the confirmation hearing. And the survey will look at uh, core issues of transparency, like cameras in the court, live audio uh, of the proceedings, and how Americans perceive the court and its role. C-SPAN listeners and viewers can find the results of this survey at cspan.org. And if you're teaching about the court, conduct your own survey with your students to gauge their knowledge and their interest in this branch of government. In our research for this episode, we learned there are many ways groups and individuals can participate in Sunshine Week. At the federal level, the Department of Justice, Office of Information Policy, is administering awards for exceptional service by FOIA professionals, outstanding contributions by new employee, exceptional advancements in IT to improve the agency's FOIA administration and in proactive disclosure of information. And they're also awarding a lifetime service award. The National Archives is also hosting a virtual event. And media organizations have covered forums where this topic is being discussed. If you're in journalism, you can highlight the importance of openness through stories, editorials, or cartoons. Elected officials have and can introduce legislation. Citizens can write letters to their local papers highlighting transparency on an issue or even organize an event at a local spot. 
and invite a speaker to explain the role a free press plays in their job. Schools can teach about the significance of transparency in our government and its impact on our lives at the federal level and compare it to other countries. And at the local level, students can interview members in their communities who are in the press or locally elected officials to learn how a free press impacts them. So there are lots of ways for people to get involved in activities this week. Absolutely, Pam. And in his opinion, in the 2002 Sixth Circuit court case, Detroit Free Press versus Ashcroft, Judge Damon Keith said, quote, democracy dies behind closed doors. We hope that the video clips and C-SPAN classroom resources that we provided and discussed today will be beneficial to you and your students as you recognize the role that the Freedom of Information Act has in promoting governmental transparency and accountability. Just as a final reminder, you can access all of the clips and teacher resources that we shared today on our podcast page at cspan.org slash classroom. And if you'd like to connect with our team anytime, please email us at educate at cspan.org. And that's it for this week. Be sure to join us next time as we highlight the winners of this year's student camp competition, C-SPAN's annual documentary contest for middle and high school students. Until then, thank you for joining us.